Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Thursday morning. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman producing the Outdoor Show. This morning is Jake. Our sponsors today, we have Texan Roofing, the Texas Insider Fishing Report, the CCA Star Tournament, and Boyd's One Stop. All right, weather. It's been pretty nice the last few days, so we shall uh, continue on with this. It's still hot, but hey, the wind's down anyway. All right, looking at uh, weather right now on, on the island of Galveston, it's 83 degrees this morning, and uh, today they're calling for lots of sunshine. A stray shower or thunderstorm is possible with a high of 89. Winds will be south-southeast 10 to 15. Tonight, a stray shower or thunderstorm is possible early. Mostly clear, low of 81, south-southeast 10 to 15. And for tomorrow, mostly sunny skies, hot, high of 88, winds southeast 10 to 15. Pretty easy forecast to read off there. Pretty much not a, not a lot of excitement in it. Look at the tides for today. These are Galveston Channel tide predictions. We're back on two tides again. We have uh, we have a high at 3.21 a.m. That just occurred at the Galveston Channel. It was a 1.2. Then it's going to stand high all day with a low tonight at 6.32 p.m., a negative 0.3. So uh, that's not too favorable. But... Uh, Anyway, sunrise, 6.37 a.m., sunset, 8.15 p.m. Our moon phase is half. It's 58%. And look at the current conditions. Now, I'll go ahead and say it right off the bat. Morgan's Point, nothing's available there. I don't know what happened to that monitor, but uh, we don't need it. Looks like uh, offshore, it's south at 9, 9 to 11. Wave heights are 2 feet. Barometric pressure, 29.99 inches. Air temperature, 85. Water temp, 86. And 
on the Galveston Channel. It's 85 degrees with 90.5 degree water. South wind at 3 to 9. And at Eagle Point, it's 85 degrees with 89.4 degree water. South wind at 9 to 10. Barometric pressure at all stations, 29.99 inches and steady. So uh, that warm water kind of reminds me of some of the water temperatures I saw over in Florida reaching 100 degrees. I had to look at the, I had to rewind the TV and listen to that again. thought I heard it wrong. Well, it's crazy. Some of the war- warmest water temperatures in Florida they've ever recorded since they've been recording them. So, man, keep the tropical weather away from that place. All right, well, let's, uh, let's head over east of town. Let's check in with old Captain Bill Watkins over at Sabine Lake, see what he's up to this morning. Bill, good morning. How are you? Good morning, buddy. How are you doing this morning? Living a dream, buddy. Living a dream. Living a dream. Or somebody else's nightmare. One or the other. <laughs> it's all good. What's up with you? <laughs> I'm just hanging in there, man. <laughs> just hanging. Just a hang. Oh, man. So uh, I did get a couple of. I haven't been on the water since last Saturday. Um, but uh, I've got some pretty darn good first hand reports. Uh, fishing's picking up a little bit. I think we might have had some uh, tide runners come up the channel. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I seem to have been the last couple of trips I was on, it was like a pencil mission for me. Right. Uh, and I was fishing the Texas side. And one day we had uh, we had one keeper and probably caught 30. <laughs> It's uh, it's a weird deal. The lake itself has got a lot of small fish in it, um, and everywhere you go, it seems to be the same. But uh, that deeper channel is your best option for, you know, all the way around, all mm-hmm. the way from the top of the lake all the way down. There seems to be some pretty good fish in there. So that's, uh, I mean, you know, you go out there and you have a lot of action. You catch a lot of fish, and they're almost there, but not quite. <laughs> almost, but so, no cigar. Almost, but no cigar. But you know, it's uh, it's all maybe about this fall. Yeah, it, it's about bites and pulls. That's uh, you know, you get to catching a lot of fish. I'll tell you what sucks is a, a fishing trip where you don't get any bite. That, <laughs> when you're not landing fish, it, that's a boring day. So I'm happy yep. with uh, I'm happy with an occasional hiccup where I, you know, only get seven or eight to keep or whatever. Um, that's okay as long as I got lots of action. Everybody seems to be happy. Uh, some people have been beating up on the drum. Yeah. Been, uh, going out. Uh, I don't know if they're using live shrimp or dead shrimp for that, but. Uh, they're going out to the jetty and catching some drum. There's a lot of drum out there right now. Yeah, the drum population in these slow trout years, you know, all up and down the coast have always taken a pretty good hit. You know, a lot of guys, you know, with the tourist-type crowd, you know, they go after stuff like that just to get them bites and pulls, you know, the tugs, That's the drugs kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't usually. Some people don't know target. the difference. They don't. It, I don't you know, target drum, but. Uh, one or two times a year, uh, 
I've, I've got some spots up the river that uh, up the natures that I can really catch them in December and January. Um, and that's about the only time I target them. But they, uh, if I catch one, if I catch a drum that's, you know, 18, 20 inches, I'm going to put him in the box because uh, that's a really good eating fish. Yeah, if you need meat, I'd, I'd, I'd just soon have one of those as a redfish, really. I would, Pretty too. Much they're, they're, I, I think they're less bloody. They are less bloody. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. They, uh, they're they a really pretty darn good eating fish. Uh, occasionally they'll have some worms or whatever in them. But, uh, yeah, once they get the so big, ones, they'll they'll worm out. But uh, Yeah, the, the smaller ones are usually real they're clean. They're perfect. And uh, oh, I've, I've even seen them on uh, Papa Doe's menu. Black drum. They stayed on there. Oh, for I promise months. you, all these restaurants they serve drum. I mean, they, they may oh, call it something yeah. else, but it's 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 bay drum, black drum. Yeah, they usually they usually call it something else. I think. Yeah, but they were bold enough that during that period of time. Chilean sea bass. Yeah, Chile, yeah, Chilean, Chilean sea, sea bass, bass. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't have any problem with them. I've fried them up eating them every way and you know the there's uh there's there's a lot of fish that you can eat and they eat very well yeah especially uh, an atlantic croaker that we don't have any more of oh golly i miss you know guys. that that uh that species of fish you know tpnw's got all the records on them i keep records on them also and i promise you that species has been in decline for 30 years now oh at least and it's uh, it's really bad the last fifteen or so. Yeah, they never get big anymore. And look at the guff Why trout. I mean, what what happened to all those big, you know, guff trout that used to roar into the bays, and uh, yeah, you know, just flood us in the fall. You know, two and three pounders everywhere. Oh yeah, they were beautiful. They took up a lot of slack. Yep. Yeah, they're a lot yeah. better than a sand trout. They are. Uh, they, uh, they're firmer. Oh yeah. No doubt. They don't, they don't turn as mushy when you freeze them. Mm. Uh, but I don't mind, I don't freeze sand trout. I, if I go out and catch a bunch of those, especially in the fall, that's when I usually get into them when they're coming, going across the intercoastal at the top of the lake. Right. There'll be redfish and, and specks and, uh, sand trout pretty good, you know, 10, 11, 12-inch sand trout, and I prefer those. But I don't freeze fish. I just, you know, I put it in the refrigerator in a bowl of ice chips, and I eat it until it's gone. Right. We'll keep it three or four days, and uh, I'll go out and get some more. I, I don't, I hardly ever freeze any fish at all. That's uh, not my deal. I don't, I don't like any fish after it's been froze that much. No, but if you can get it fresh, you know that's the best way to do it. Sure. And people that say that sand trout are not good to eat, well, corn. What I cook, right? <laughs> it's hard to mess it's one of favorite. those up. It is. You, I mean, you get those nice fillets and, and uh, fry them up fresh, or bake them, or you know, pan brown them, whatever you want to do with them. Yeah. They have, but if you, if you. Put a bunch of them in there and 
throw about a 30-inch red on top of them and smash them, you ain't got much left. They're they're real delicate. Their meat is soft, and you got to. But as far as the the taste, is very clean. They're not as strong as a speckled trout. I just uh, no, they're really not. Enjoy that that time of year. I well, they don't really get like well like the bigger trout. They get kind of oily and and gamey tasting, you know. That's right. But uh, but the smaller ones, like you're talking about, that size range. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, and in a way, I'd be disappointed if Louisiana changed changed their limit up because if I get me five or six, 12 and a half inch trout, I'm a happy guy. That, that's the ones I prefer. Man, I hadn't eaten a trout that little in a long time, other, you know, than like well, a sand can. trout or something. But uh, <laughs> those 12, that, 13 but, inch specks uh, are filet mignons. Oh, yeah, they're pencils. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cigars. Those Louisiana trout, those little twelve inchers, you go over there and fish, and and you're throwing them back, and the guy will go, "No, man, those are keepers." I said, "You sure?" And they look, they look like big old cigars. They don't, have, you know, they're yeah, just. Right. <laughs> well, a lot of a lot of the guys keep them, and they're eleven inches. I mean, yeah, I've seen really, that before too. Eleven oh, inches. Yeah, that's just that. I got some topwaters that big. Yeah, that's exactly right. But uh, if, I, if I get into those sand trout that are 10, 12 inches, that's what I'm taking home. Yeah. I had some guys, uh, they didn't want to keep any at all. And uh, last, oh, I guess it was right around 1st December, and those things were thick. I mean, right. they were everywhere. And redfish were in there eating them and shrimp. But, uh, we were catching some specks. And they threw everything back but the redfish. You know, that was their preferred thing. And I said, you know what, guys, if y'all don't mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep some of these larger sand trout. Well, in about 10 minutes, they put 10 in the box for me. Yeah. And uh, I took those things home later. And, oh, man, white cornmeal, black pepper, and just salt. That's man. it. And deep fried them. Oh crap! That was good. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh man! And and my very favorite is the whiting. Oh, oh yeah! If you get those bull whiting, you don't see many of them anymore either. No, they're they're really rare over here, especially. You probably here still too. got them in uh, Half Moon Reef and places like that. The moon over here, man. The moon's dead. That, no that, that, yeah, that place hadn't been the same for several years now. You can catch you oh, some sand trout and stuff there, but you know the way the specs used to really load up on it this time of year, you know, June and yep. July. It just uh it's not there anymore. The reef's still there, but a lot of it's dead and Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Half moon. We used the moon to go out there and uh early March and late February and just smoke them because they were, those big old whiting were running all over that thing. Uh-huh. Uh, some pretty good black drum. Oh man, that was fun. That was fun fishing. Man. But, Let me knock this break out, Bill. I'll be right back to you, buddy. Hold right. that thought. All right, man. Well, you know, Texan Roofing, they're the people I trust in Texan Roofing. They cover Houston and surrounding areas. 
Texan Roofing has free estimates on any roof leak repair or replacement. Texan Roofing has the Better Business Bureau A-plus rating with no complaints ever, and they're certified to give the best leak-free warranties in the business. And Texan Roofing has found the majority of jobs they do. They offer the lower price and beat the competition's quality and warranty. Along with their honest roof inspections, A-plus management, these are reasons to call Texan Roofing. And if you tell them you heard about it on the Outdoor Show, Tim and all his staff, they'll work directly with you and do a superior job for you. Call Texan Roofing at 281-391-9600. That's 281-391-9600. Or you can go on their website at texanroofing.com. And when you do, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Yeah, that's my old girlfriend. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Thursday morning. It's 418 here in the Bayou City. Let's go back and talk some more with Bill Watkins over at Mean. All right, Bill, we're back, man. Oh, all right, I'm here We're eating with all kinds of different species of fish. Yeah, we were. And you ever eaten a, you ever eaten a ladyfish? Oh, <laughs> or, or a no. needle gar? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh, can't blame you. I have eaten alligator gar. Oh uh, yeah, alligator gar is good, but man, there's yeah. nothing. I mean, a, a needle gar, man, those things smell really bad. They're rank. <laughs> Yes, they do. I think if you caught a bunch of trout that had been eating them little ones, I believe they'd. Oh, it ruins food. the taste of trout, no doubt. Yeah. They're feeding on them. And, uh, you know, your backyard over there is notorious for trout eating needle guard, especially like August and September. They get schooling on those things. And uh, those fish taste really weird. <laughs> Uh, you know, I haven't seen them eating those things in a long time, though. I mean, uh, little baby ribbon fish is is uh, that was one of the things in May and June. Mm-hmm. Boy, about six eight six eight inch ribbon fish. Those those two and three pound trout were just gnashing on them. I mean, swallowing them whole. They'd spit them up all over the boat. You could see them jumping, and when those things would start jumping out of the water. Get ready. The trout were showing up. Man, that was, that was some kind of... I did that quite a few different times. And they'd show up on the reefs when that current be running across the top of the reef. And those big, strong trout would be right in there eating them. Oh, man. So all you had to do was throw something out there that was long and white. Yeah. I mean, you know... Uh, uh, the K. Wiggler ball tail or the down south or, uh, you know, a bass assassin, it, whatever you had like that, that was that was a ticket. And uh, you could throw it out, let it go down current, sweep around in a 90-degree arc, and then shake it at the end of the cast. And, boy, they'd just tear it out of your hand. That's a... Uh, that's a bite that I really like because it's visual. You don't really see the trout that much. You can see one hit every once in a while. But uh, they'll also hit a topwater bait when it's like that. Oh, yeah. But that, that current is rushing so hard 
that uh, you don't get much of a cast out of your top water before you pull it back in. But, uh, man, <laughs> that is uh, that's something else. That's one one thing I like about a strong incoming tide. When that's when that's going on like that, you just no doubt about what you're fixing to get into. When you start seeing those little ribbon fish jump, get ready. It's just a matter of you figuring out how to catch them. And they'll be up shallow, two, three feet deep. Current huh. running across the top of there like a mill race. But haven't seen them lately. They're still there. They're out there somewhere, but uh, I hadn't seen them in the last oh, four weeks, I think. Uh, but what'll happen is they'll start uh, they'll start schooling here for long on shrimp, and we'll see those ribbon fish come up with the sh- with the shrimp. They're chasing the shrimp too. And the trout, they'll eat the shrimp or one of the ribbon fish. They don't we care. see that a lot along the channel, lower channel down there this time of year. Those big bull reds, they'll get to chasing those ribbon fish, and the ribbon fish are eating yes. the big shrimp. And, boy, how about the food chain? <laughs> Redfish got best of both worlds, big old hop and ribbon fish. They, yep. hit it, yeah. they time it just right, they can swallow a ribbon fish with a shrimp in his mouth. <laughs> That's exactly right, yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's. Uh, but you know, we you're talking about how a lot of our fish have uh, either diminished in size, they never seem to get mature anymore, and where did the Gulf trout go? I have no idea. You can still find them out there at the near shore rigs mm-hmm. uh, during the fall and sometimes during the summer. I've caught those white trout out there, um, but I, I don't run offshore much anymore because there's very few rigs now. They, they've taken most of them out, and if you don't get out there by dawn, you don't have a spot. Yeah. So you know, yeah, they they pull all those rigs up. I'll tell you, that's a you know there's a, there's just a handful left in Trinity Bay. Really? Uh, compared to the hundreds we had all through time. the years. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of rigs out there. You know, I've still got all the numbers to all of them, but the pads are all gone anyway. They're they're silted over, or, or the oyster beds are dead on them, you know. And, that's a shame. I and, guess that's uh, a result of the floods. Yeah, all, all, the, all this habitat loss with uh, live oysters and everything, that's a direct hit from there well the drought started it you know with the oyster drills wiping out you know acres of reefs and then when those floods came for all those years and then harvey that was the that was the end all be all that was, nail in the coffin yeah. i called that one the last tied out <laughs> that was a man I, <laughs> i've never seen water like that in all my years and if i lived to be a hundred years old i probably wouldn't see one like that unreal Yep. Well, I'll tell you what. Back in uh, back in two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two, there was some good fishing on those rigs out there. I pulled up on a little rig right straight out of um, Oak Island. Yeah, out of Double what, Bow. What was that? Was that the Sea Leaks? Yeah, that's the uh, C C one and C. Well, 
the one out of double bio was a C2 separator, and then back over towards Fisher, you, you had the C1 separator. And then as you went yeah. north, then you had F lease and E lease up there. Now, those wells yeah. up there didn't hold the shell because the water's shallower back there where those wells were drilled. They weren't able to right. put those pads of shell down for barge support and all that like they did those mid-bay ones all through C1 and C2. And then Little Yella, Big Yella, and the uh, Getty Wells and all that, they were straight out from like uh, Beasley's and Smith Point and Dow's and all that. Yeah, we pulled up on one of those Sealy's little rigs out there one day. I had a guy with me that, uh, uh, I mean, he threw that he threw that jig out there by that rig and popped a nine pounder. Man, that was just. Uh, People don't realize how big a fish that, and really the best big fish months, you know, for those big sow trout to be on those wells were from like late August into early October. They were out there, man. Mm. I mean, oh, I, that was... when I first started guiding, you know, in 80 and in 81, 82, 83, those early years like that, I mean, that that was, it was as con. I mean, every well, you would catch at least one seven or eight pounder off of it, every one you stopped at. And the average fish was running anywhere from four to six pounds. I mean, with yeah. popping corks and live shrimp, man. Yeah, buddy. That was uh, that was some kind of a fishing holes out there. Yeah, and then oh, you know, boy. then we got throwing, you know, shrimp tails on it. The Kelly Wigglers back then, and the hoagies, and yeah. uh, kind of early, you know, like eighty three, eighty four era, and uh, we said, no, nah, we'll never buy live shrimp again. This is the only way to fish these rigs. <laughs> That's right. Quarter ounce jig heads and just throw it out there click it in gear and set the hook crazy yep yeah i saw you out there one time i don't even remember if what it was this time of year on. you probably did borrowed a lot of oh, little bitty fish on our wells right now out there you know 90 percent uh, of them aren't keepers i think it was in early june and you were out there you were catching fish and uh I think there was two little two little rigs together, but they were real close. And I was on the opposite side. I said, "Who is that over there?" And I got to look, and I said, "Ted, come, that's Big East." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, you didn't have any idea who I was. I was in my Maverick Master Angler Twenty One, and uh, I, I'm just sitting over there fishing. And uh, I think you might have been throwing live shrimp or whatever. I can't remember. Popping cork, I see yeah. right. I was throwing a jig, and I, I was just wearing them out over there. I said, "Man, this this place is hot," and uh, you were right there. I said, "Back then, I recognize." Back then, I could see, you know. Way yeah, what was there. that like? Was that in Sealy's? Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think of two rigs that were close together. It may have been the Birdcage Well in 104, and in 113, they were all there pretty. That was over by C2. Like might have been like a wellhead and a, a little four-corner rig. Yeah. And it had big shell pad all around it. Right. And I was at 70 yards. Back then, I could still see really well, and I, I, could, I could look at you and say, oh, damn, come. There he is. <laughs> the famous Mickey Eastman. Yeah, buddy. Him. Yeah, man. <laughs> Just trying to make a living. <laughs> 
you can't hide anywhere. <laughs> no. Well, I'm glad I don't Especially have to hit it hard anymore. <laughs> what boat was I in? Uh, it was a uh, a Kenner 23. <laughs> oh, well, that wasn't that. Whichever. That was only 20 years ago then. Yeah. Yeah, that's when it. Yeah, it was about 20. About 20 yeah. years ago. 21 or 22. Somewhere yeah. right in there. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, you still have. Is that the same Kenner you got now? Still running it, man. Wow, that's incredible. 03 model. I got it in 02, but it was the last 03 he made before he sold out the tracker. <laughs> I'll be. <laughs> Still running it, man. Put a fresh horse on it and keep going. Yeah. Speaking of horses, I'm fixing to have to. I've only got 900 hours on my motor, so. But uh one I had before that had 1,800 hours on it. Yeah, you're you about halfway there. You're good to go. About halfway there. Yeah. You know, that first motor, I uh, they sold it to a crabber, and that crabber run that motor up four thousand hours. If you take and care of it, you do it, that. The only reason it crapped out was because he left it in the water one night and it sunk. Yep. And <laughs> that ruined it, but it was still running good. The four thousand hours on it. So, hey, those four strokes will do the thing, man. They're so much better engines than... Speaking of that, who do you think has got the best engine on the market in all the four strokes? I'm talking about the 200, 250 class. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with Honda. What I've seen out of them, I've been running them about six years now, and they're just they're unbelievable. The amount of hours you can pile up on those motors. And the well, fuel efficiency and everything. They, uh, they, you see some Hondas out there now. Have you ever looked at the lower unit of one of those? It's, it's built like a fortress. It's a tank. I mean, the gear case is unbelievable. I mean, yeah, you're not going to wear one of those out. And uh, it's just uh, the only gripes I've heard from guys, if they don't have a really, you know, a, a good big transom and a, and a boat that'll hold some weight in the back, they're they're about uh, forty or fifty pounds heavier than their competitors. But yeah. they're they're built like a brick house, man. I mean, they're just. Uh, I mean, all of well, them I've are good, but I mean, I'm just partial to that because I run it, and I'm. You know, that's just my yeah, opinion, you know it. but it, they are fantastic. I've never had anything at Honda made that wasn't any good since I was a kid. My first <laughs> motorcycle was a Honda. Yeah. Three wheelers. Yeah, I, I mean, three. all of them. We, all our hunting stuff we used to use, they just, generators, all, they yeah. just, it, it's all big time. And Honda's been making four stroke uh, outboards for 55, 60 years. I mean, this isn't new to them. This is, this is what they've been doing for all these years. Yeah, they have. And I, I've been around those crabbers, and those engines are so quiet. Yeah. They sound different than the others, so it, it's it's pretty interesting. I, yeah, it's like having a car engine. It's you can't even hardly hear it. It's really quiet with that cowling over it. Yep. All right, Bill, I got to run, man. It's break time again. If somebody wants to call you about coming <laughs> over and fishing with you, how do they get a hold of you, my friend? Four zero nine 
All right, Bill. Hey, you bet you, bud. You have a good one. Always enjoy talking to you, man. Talk to you Saturday. See you later. All right, that's Captain Bill Watkins over at Sabine Lake. And, folks, you know, if you want to know the latest and greatest in fishing, tune in to Texas Insider Fishing Report Thursday nights at 10.30 p.m. on Valley Sports Southwest, or you can find it on AT&T Sportsnet. The show will give you a fresh fishing forecast before the weekend so you can spend more time catching fish. And Texas Insider breaks down the state in six regions, three freshwater for bass and crappie enthusiasts, and three saltwater for the guys who want to catch trout and reds inshore and tuna, wahoo, and marlin offshore. So join Dave Farrell, Bree Gabrielle, and my friend Captain Rick Murphy to know what's hot and what's not every Thursday night at 10.30 p.m. Or you can go on Friday mornings at 7 a.m. and 5 p.m. On Valley Sports Southwest or AT&T Sportsnet, check it out. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Thursday morning, 437 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's run up to Conroe and strike up a conversation with a fish dude this morning. Richard, how you doing, buddy? You know, I'm good. It's just hot. No. Uh, <laughs> Goodness. Hey, have you seen some of the lake levels in Texas? Man, oh, these yeah. lakes are going dry. They're they're not going to have boat ramps pretty soon. Oh, you know, I did see one. I can't remember which one that was. They started. They showed its boat ramp was was just about gone. So that's like over at Buckhannon and stuff. When I go there a lot of times, because it, it draws down a lot in the summertime. They actually have a a uh, winter pool and a summer pool level on that lake and. A lot of times you just launch off the beach because that's about yeah. all you got. I remember, I remember years years ago I pulled up over there and I, and I, I was sitting there going, dang, I had a two-wheel drive pickup and I, I was dragging a bass boat and I'm, I'm thinking, dang, I need to get in the water, but there, ain't, there wasn't a single ramp on Buckhannon that was open because the water level was so low. And finally, I was, I was backing in and I knew I was going to get stuck. So I, I said, well, heck, so I'm just going to do it anyway. Went ahead and launched, and as I did, there was a, a big boat. I'm talking about uh, like a cutty cabin type boat pulling up, and I'm going, he ain't getting in. <laughs> there is no way. So I made a deal with him. I said, I'll tell you what, we'll, I'll take y'all out there, and we'll go fishing, and uh, if y'all pull me out when we get back. <laughs> I said, sure, because they knew they wasn't going to get theirs in, and I, they drug it from Austin all the way up there, so – it's like they had a pretty good haul, and it got got out there, and them dang them dang stripers over there were schooling on the surface. I mean, we probably caught two hundred of them that morning, just in just a little bit, and it's like right. good nets, all on top water baits or pretty much whatever you wanted to throw at them, and uh, come back in. Sure enough, stuck, so they just pulled me on out after I got loaded up. So it's, it's all, it all works out. You gotta. Got to make a deal with the people that's got the right vehicles. They had a four-wheel drive. I had a two-wheel, two-wheel drive. So it's like, okay, now I got all four-wheel drives. So either I'm going to get stuck or I'm going to get out, one of the two. So it ain't, it ain't no, I guarantee you, it ain't going to happen anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find me a ramp I can get down anywhere. And like over, like I say, over at Buckhannon, there's a Atlanta County Park over there. They've got a, a ramp. It's a big old cement thing. It's 
stands up. Oh, it's probably 20 foot tall, and then it tapers off. And it's got to be a good 100 yards long at least. And it tapers off down there. And normally you can get in, but when it drops, it's just a big flat of nothing. So you ain't getting in. And then there's a, there's a couple of places over where you can get in. But And I hadn't, I hadn't really been paying attention to the levels, but I did notice one thing the other day that was talking about some of the ramps were disappearing. I saw some pictures. So that's like over yeah. here. And that's that's one thing I noticed about Conroe here lately. We're starting to really lose a lot to evaporation now because it's um they're not dumping any, so I, I know it's just all evaporation or or whatever they're using out of the uh, water treatment facility down there. So it's it looks like I hadn't even checked the level, but it looks like about eight to ten inches low at least. So and going down even more and more every day. So it's. Got to start being careful for some of these sandbars out here and stuff like that. That's that's one of the things a lot of people don't realize is when the lake levels drop, there's some sandbars out here that that you'll you'll hit. And there's especially down down a lot of people know where the water pump station is down there on the south end of the lake by the party island. And uh, there's a there's a rock ridge that sticks out a good 150 yards away from that that uh, pump house. That on normal pull, it's only about a foot and a half of water on top of it. And when it starts dropping, it gets even less, you know. So you're talking, like right now, there'll probably be about 8 to 10 inches of water on top of it. So you will hit. I mean, there's there's no doubt you will hit it. And it's got some big rock on it. It's, you know, it's big riprap rock. Because they, what they did is when they built the lake, they dredged this canal out down there. And that water pump station pumps water from Lake Conroe to Lewis Creek Reservoir, which is a power plant lake. And they, you know, anytime that lake starts running low, because they've got to have the cooling ponds for their their gener- their generators and stuff. So that's what Lewis Creek is, basically, just a big cooling pond. And uh, like I say, when it starts getting low up there, they'll cut that pump house on, start pumping water on in from Lake Conroe to there. So no matter what, that that power plant lake ain't going. It ain't going to go dry. But after like during Harvey, they were worried about it. They were worried about it breaching the dam and, and actually breaking. And it started actually started washing out during Harvey. So they had some had some emergency management teams out there dumping rock all in the craters that were that were washing yeah. out on the backside of that dam. And yeah, I bet that was a scary thing. situation. I guarantee you, all these people around, like Corinthian Point over here, people all around Walnut Cove, any, any, anything over around the Weirs Creek area of Lake Conroe, they were they were panicking because they were actually talking about evacuating them because of the potential of that dam breaking. And if it broke, I mean, that's I don't know how much water's going to come out, but it would have totally it would have wiped out everything over there. <laughs> I mean, it would have washed all them houses away, and then, then the note—I don't know how much it would have brought the lake level up on the south end, but it would have took out some more as it got started heading down. Because during Harvey, yeah. I mean, it's like was over five foot high. It's, I mean, that's that's awful high for a lake that stays at normal pool for right. you know ninety ninety percent of the year anyway. So it's crazy. But these goofy old catfish are still fiddling with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find them rascals yet. I, don't, I can't figure out why they're so dang slow. Yeah, I've seen they've been a little finicky on here the last few days, man. Man, I'll tell you what, it's killing me, you know. And that's that's one thing I feel I feel bad about 
not catching a bunch well, of fish. Well, it's hot, man. I mean, I know. Even catfish, you got to take a few days off from eating in this weather. Well, I know, but I mean, it's been a month already. I mean, it's just been slow <laughs> for me for a month. You caught yeah. all of them. <laughs> no, no, I know better than that. I know, I know they're up there spawning and stuff. <laughs> the with, with some of the areas that I go to to, to catch them while they're spawning, it, it, it requires wind blowing on it. And the, the problem is there's been no wind blowing on some of these areas that I need to get to. And it's just... It's just it's frustrating on my end. It, you know, I don't know any any guide out there that doesn't want everybody to be successful every time you go to the water. But it's you know that's one thing about me. I'm gonna I'm gonna post the good, bad, and the ugly. It don't matter. It's you know what I use Facebook for like a lot of times is mainly a logbook. You know, people think I'm using it for advertising. I don't worry about that. I mean, I'm. I, I, years ago, they didn't before Facebook and all that. Oh, it's all an never, ego deal with you guys, man. Glamour shots and all that. No, I'm just teasing. Yeah, no, well, I, a lot of people it is. You know, that's the thing. That's they're all into it because you'll see them post all the good, but they won't post the bad. You know, me, I'm gonna post everything. You know, and that's like I say because years ago they didn't have Facebook. I they I actually had a, a app that I downloaded on my phone for it was a hunting journal. So I could write down the weather conditions for the day, the water yeah. temperatures, things like that. Because I kept a logbook on everything. Well, instead of having to go back and dig through it, now I can look look at Facebook and it automatically pops up. Hey, five years ago today, you caught this there. And, that, and every time I post something, it reminds me of where I fished and what I did and how they did right. for that particular day. You know, I did that about the first 10 years I was doing this. And every year it was exactly the same. I'd look back to the following year ago. Nothing changes. All these fish show right. up at all these same areas within a week of each other That's, every year, year in and year out. Yeah. And then finally it's, it's just, that, you know, it's in your head and you just, right. you know, you just roll with it. That's, that's exactly right, you know, and that's the, that's the thing, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys, you know, like I was telling some guys the other day, they were, they were all into tournament fishing and stuff. When I, years ago when I was traveling all the time and doing all the tournaments, I would, on certain lakes, like Texoma was one, Rayburn was another, I always watched the, the release on those lakes, the, the water release, because every day, Monday through Friday, they release water. Rayburn, it's a power-generating gener lake, so they, they release water for power. Texoma, I'm not sure if it's a power-generating thing, but they release water all, all during the week, and then, uh, then on the weekends it shuts down. Uh, and that's, that's what I was telling them. Texoma, I love Lake Texoma. It's got some of the biggest smallmouth I've ever seen in it. And, and uh, I'm talking about five and six pound smallmouth are in that lake. And you take and, and Monday through Friday, or actually Monday through Saturday, I can catch fish. Sunday, I can't catch fish up there. I don't know what it is, but I, I, the only thing I figured out over the years is that Monday through Friday, they're releasing. Saturday, there's still some current flow. Sunday, it stops. And when it stops, the, those fish reposition, and I've never been able to pick them back up. You know, and that's that's you know, that's one of the things as as a tournament angler anyway that you, and I know you did it. Everybody does. You look at the area you're going to be fishing, and you find out all the information you can get, whether whether it's water clarity, water temp, 
the lake levels, the, the you know, whatever, you know, the, the tides on your end, stuff like that. Because if you're not paying attention to that, you're going to miss your, your window for catching fish. And that's, uh, especially when it comes to tidal waters, you know, because tidal waters, even even when you're bass fishing, the same thing. If you're on a on a river or something uh, that's that you're bass fishing on, and it's it's influenced by tidal water, where the flow comes back up and it rises and falls throughout the the day, or even even uh, yeah, it could be every hour it could rise and fall. Right. Like up at the Ar- Arkansas River is a good example of that because mm-hmm. you got all those lock locking dams up there. Those locking dams they release two hundred fifty thousand cubic foot a minute of water through those things so that that water's constantly moving up and down up and down and you you figure out you know up there it's wing dams you fish those wing dams like that little rock city i'm talking about you get on downstream side in the main river for the most part and you you fish that heavy current but you're on the back side of those wing dams that break the current so right you know it's you figure all that stuff out as you go and like I say, that's what I use all of it for anyway. So, like I say, I'm always going to post good, bad, and ugly. It don't matter. I but, know you are. You know, I mean, it's just the truth always just, wins. Always, it, it, always. I mean, there ain't no sense in sitting there stretching it out or not not posting anything. You know, you know, if I go out there and I'm not posting nothing, I'm not fishing. That's what it basically amounts to. Oh boy. I, I mean, that's why you got to do it. All right, man. I got to run. Throw them out some info. Somebody wants to come up and fish with you, Richard. All right, Mickey, anyone get in touch with me, 936-661-7920. You can find me on Facebook. Just check out the Fish Dudes Guide Service. You can email me at admin at fishdudetx.com or just check out the webpage, fishdudetx.com. All right, buddy. Hey, have a good day. Stay cool if that's possible. Uh, yes, sir. All right, Richard. See you, man. Later. All right, that's the fish dude up on Lake Conroe. Now let's run over to Matagordon. Let's check in with Captain Charlie Paradoski this morning. Charlie P, how you doing, man? Hey, Mickey, what's happening? Oh, not a lot. Just trying to recover from that nasty ball game last night. God, man, they uh, <laughs> they had been doing so good. They were overdue for a little whooping like that, weren't they? Yeah, something's wrong with Fromber. He he ain't been right for about the last four or five outings. Something something's off. I mean. I mean, you get two strikes on a guy, and then you throw him a high-hanging curveball or a high-fastball up in the zone right in the wheelhouse. I mean, that, that's just not him. I don't know what's up. Something's something's off. And then tempers flared last night. I love that. I like Donnie Brooks and stuff. No <laughs> blows were thrown, but there sure was some trash talking. That's good stuff. That's rivalry, man. Yeah, buddy. That's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's the that's the main rivalry right there. The two top teams. That's uh, it. Let's duke it out. Yeah. Well, we're still uh, up in our series with them this year. We're six and four, I think, with them. So. Yeah, uh, with all the injuries we've had, I mean, they've done great. It, they, yeah, it's been real, real entertaining. We're playing minor leagues against their stuff, uh, so. It'll come yeah. to a head. I think. When do we play them again? Uh, September, early September. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Hope it comes down to it. Whoever wins that series wins the division. That'll be awesome. Yes, sir. Yep. No. They've been uh, been doing quite well. It's been 
you know, for all the injuries that we've had. The, well, after last night, the GM better go shopping for two good starting pitchers or we're in trouble. Yeah. Doesn't look like they picked up nothing. Not yet. No. They better if we're going to do it. Yep. Are we just yeah. going to be content with what we got? And it's not uh, – boy, how about J.P. France, man? He's uh, – <laughs> man, what Looking an addition. Good. I'm telling you. Looking good. Yes, sir. Now that I bragged on him, he'll probably come out and blow up like Frommer did last night. <laughs> <laughs> blow his elbow out or something. You know, Javier's not right. He's not uh, – him and Frommer, maybe when we get uh, – or Keedy back, he'll have something special for us. I don't know. But it's nothing like last year. We're we're no. limping. Nope. We are. Limping about like the fishing. Limping along. There you go. It's, it's epic. Uh, nothing new over here, Mickey. It's just What are y'all making a living off of right now? Redfish? It's redfish time of year, you know. Late July and all August. It's time to for schooling yeah. reds. And you know we're we're catching them, but I mean it's not like uh, like they're they're not on every street corner. I can tell you that. Yeah, you can catch them one day, and you you can't catch them the next. Mm. I don't I don't see any big schools coming up out in the middle like uh, like they normally do this year. I mean, in in years past, uh, you know, in the right. middle of the bay, lyre birds would get over the top of them and. You know, the water be red with them. I just don't see that. We were doing that last year, and I, I'm not seeing those big schools out there. Right. We're just on the west end of East Bay pecking on those reds. One day you get them, next day you get four or five. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, uh, everybody's throwing croakers, catching those trout. Same old, same old. We need some kind of weather change. And, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that oil spill I told you about, that wasn't nothing. That was just one little old patch that come up on part of the beach, the east beach. You know, that probably came off that, uh, you know, Mexican oil rig down in the Bay of Campeche. Remember the one that caught on fire a few weeks back? Right, right. Probably. Uh, that, that probably came off of that. But that's, I mean, that's been going on as long as I can remember. You know, tar balls on the beach and, you know. Little little places like that where it comes ashore, right? Yeah, that's what it was. The person that told me about it blew it out of proportion. It wasn't that big of a deal, right? So, whatever. <laughs> well, we're we're still just pecking away. Fake here. news, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you notice when a story, the more it goes through people, the bigger and better it gets. Let's blow it up. Yeah, buddy. Well, yeah, buddy. You- did you fish this week? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> it is. It's a different year. Golly, it's just a hey, different year. I don't know. Hey, I've caught plenty of fish in my time. I'm, you know, I'm going to go out there and be miserable to catch me five pencils. Nah, I'm, I'm good for now. Fall's yeah. coming. I'll, I'll get back at it. Has there been any more talk about uh, those limits coming in September? Is that still going to happen, or it's still going to happen? As far as I know, it's it's uh, they're going with it. It's a done deal. Mm-hmm. 
maybe I don't know where all these fish will show up this fall. Well, Just, uh, what we'll probably see the uh, all those you know, 13, 14 and a half, you know, inch, you know, juveniles we've been catching all year. They'll probably yeah. become keepers this fall and everybody will go, Oh my God, where'd all these fish come from? Well, they just finally got over the minimum requirement. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, you see that a lot where they'll yeah. get to that 15 inch maturity or a little above and, and as hungry for trout as everybody is in this bay system, if they're 15 and 8, they're going to box them. It's going to happen. Yeah. Well, leave a few. Save Somebody some for seed. That's right. That's what the old-timers used to tell me and Blaine all the time. You boys save some for seed. <laughs> you don't have to kill all them fish. We were warned. We were warned. You got it. Yep. All right, man. Well, if somebody wants to call you about coming over and fishing, we can get down Matagorda. How do they get a hold of you? Call me on my cell phone, 713-725-2401. All right. Y'all had much fishing pressure over there? Is it just moderately light? Moderately light. Yeah, same here. Saturday. Saturday they come out of the woodwork. Yeah, weekends. That's that's understandable. But, yeah, during the week it's – Pretty slow around my area. Pretty hot around here, Mickey. But the bull Everybody's reds are running over my up my way. Golly. Keep them over there. Hey, Blaine's, there. <laughs> Blaine is working his butt off right now, taking bull reds off. He knows how Mike Jeffcoat feels now. <laughs> he can't get away from them. All right, He's a buddy. good one to handle them. Let him have Oh, them. yeah. Let old mood. Hell, them bull reds are almost as big as he is. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, Charlie, you have a good one. Have a good one. Take care, Mickey. Later. All right, that's Captain Charlie P. in Matagord. It's time for our top-of-the-hour break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 